Amen. Well, we've we've talked, at least I've talked for the last several times that I've been up here about the soul, particularly, you know, the soul being the mind, will and emotions and, and the importance of of feeding our mind with the right things. So because that that really uh, helps us to determine where the other areas are, are flourishing. But I want to look today at uh, another part of that. Um, and I want to start by looking in Luke chapter 5. And starting at verse 12, it says, and, when it hap- and it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I wonder why he did that. Must have heard something about Jesus. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. Verse 14, and he charged him to tell no one. Now that's interesting too. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, verse 15, the report went, the word got out. It didn't, uh, he apparently said something to somebody. The word, the report went out concerning him all the more and great multitudes came together to hear and be healed. To hear and be healed by him of their infirmities. Take notice of that. They came to hear and be healed. Not just to be healed, to hear and be healed. Just hearing the word taught puts you in a position to receive healing. But you need to have ears to hear. Amen? If if you only want Jesus for the healing, just for the blessing, whether it's healing or, or some other blessing, you can miss it. But hear... And be healed. Or you might also say, hear and receive what God has for you. Um, go down to verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. That's what it says. Verse 18. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Now, I've seen movies of of this incident, but nothing that I've seen matches what I picture when I, of this, of this guy being let down by his friends through the tile in the roof. Now we've been in some crowded meetings. We've been in, in rooms that were maybe you could get 50 people in if you packed them in. We had 200 people in there, but nobody ever ripped the ceiling off and, and lowered anybody down to, you know, imagine there, there there's a guy on a stretcher being, hey, hi everybody, you know, here I come. But, uh, 
anyway, that's my picture. So uh, you can have your own picture if you want. Um, but it says, uh, let down through the V. And, then, and verse 20 says, when he saw their faith. You know, you can see faith. When he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, they, so they weren't saying this out loud, but Jesus knew what they were thinking. Jesus perceived their thoughts. He answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man, ooh, it's, it's getting under their skin now. Now he's saying he's the Son of Man, has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Now, it says, verse 25, immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. I guess so. But And, and notice that nowhere here does it say any of the Pharisees and teachers of the law got healed. And yet it said that the power of the Lord was there to heal them. Hmm. The only thing it did was make them angry. They were so mad that Jesus did this, and and uh, the power was there, but they didn't get any of it. Okay, keep that in mind. Let's go to Mark chapter five. This is one of my favorite healings in in here. Mark chapter five: the woman with the issue of blood, starting in verse twenty-five. A certain woman who had had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. So she had to have had some money, but the money's gone now. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, this is a common thread that we're going to see all through this. They heard about Jesus. They heard something. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She wasn't supposed to be out there. According to Jewish law, she was unclean. She was not to be in public. She was breaking the law to do what she did. But she had heard something about Jesus. And verse 28, for she said, or other translations, as had been saying, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now, that's that's very interesting because the next verse, the disciples said to him, I'll paraphrase, Jesus Everybody's touching you. Don't you see this crowd? You, you know, there's everybody here. There's thousands of people. Who, who touched your clothes? 
And verse 32, he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole, has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, it's, it's so tempting to get off because on, on any one of these, there's a lot of teaching that can be done. Just uh, I'll try and contain myself here. It says, but think about this. Um, was the power to heal only for her to touch? I mean, other people were touching him. And uh, the, the man who was lowered through the roof, the power, the, the Bible says the power uh, to heal was there, but he's the only one that got healed. Interesting. Every place and every time that the Word of God is taught with anointing, the power is there. The power is here right now. Are we connecting to it? That's the secret. Whether people connect to it or not, that, that's the, uh, that's what's, it's there whether they connect or not. There is no word of God that doesn't have power. None. The word is anointed with the power to cause to make what the word says do what the word says it will do. But it's, it's not just the power being there that makes it happen. Somebody has to connect to it with faith. With faith. Um, it, it requires a contact, connection, to receive the Word of God. And when you do, with faith, you receive the power that that Word, the Word of God contains. So, so when they came to hear and be healed, as a result of, of receiving and believing the Word, they were also healed. Now let's go on to Luke chapter 6 and look at verse 6 or verse 17. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Same same thing hearing and being healed. Verse 18, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. So they, they know something, now they've, maybe they heard about the woman with the issue of blood, but, you know, some people think they want to touch him because, well, that's the Son of God. They didn't know that. They, all they knew this was this was a guy that, that there's rumors that hear that, about his healing power, um, and the people in in Mark five with the woman with the issue of blood. Nobody else felt anything but that woman. So so there's a something there's a, a differentiation here that uh, it, it requires acting in faith, and here a whole multitude. Was, was their hearing and receiving and believing, acting in faith. And uh, 
Faith comes by hearing. Amen? They didn't want necessarily, uh, they wanted to touch him because of what he had been saying. Because of his words. The words of Jesus. The words of God. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't have wanted to touch him unless there was something in what he was saying that they believed and caused them to act in faith. Faith comes by hearing. And uh, without receiving the word first, there's no power there to activate the faith. I mean, there were there were a lot of other times in the Bible, and and a lot of these are in in uh, more than one of the Gospels. But uh, in in Mark chapter five, uh, the synagogue leader named Jairus, uh, Jesus came to heal his daughter. In fact, Jairus was standing there when the woman with the issue of blood was was healed. So that made it a little a little more. Uh, hard on her to to be out there and and receive what she received. Um, Also in in Mark 7, Jesus healed a deaf mute. Um, Mark 8, blind man of Bethsaida. And Mark 10, one of my favorite, blind Bartimaeus. Now, blind Bartimaeus, obviously he was blind. Uh, He was one that when he, it says he had heard about Jesus and when he knew Jesus was coming, he was in a busy place on, on the road there, and he didn't know exactly where Jesus was, so he started yelling, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they took him, quiet down, quiet He got louder. Yeah. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus went and, and you know, to, to cut the story short, he, he was healed. But he had heard something, obviously, about Jesus. And, and there were other instances. Some of them did it on their own faith. And some had help to get there. There were like the, the guy that was lowered through the roof had helpers around him. It said Jesus saw their faith. And so there's, there has to be faith involved. Someone had to have heard something and believed it and acted on it. Amen. But what you hear determines what you ask for. What you hear determines what you believe for. What you hear determines what you are expecting in life. It matters what you're hearing. You believe based on what you hear. We keep saying, bring up Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. That's my translation of it. Um, and, uh, you know, if you've been hearing that God makes people sick to teach them something, uh, if you hear that and believe that, Satan will fulfill that. And it's not God. Uh, God can't fulfill things that are against the Word. Anything in the Word, God will fulfill. If you hear what the Word says, that Satan or the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10, Jesus said that I have come, Jesus, to bring life, you might have life, and have it more abundantly. Those, that's the clear separation 
of what Satan does and what Jesus does. And yet we keep trying to say, well, God, God must have done this. No, we need to get rid of that thinking. Anything that, that steals, kills, or destroys, it, it makes, makes your life less than the Word says it should be. God isn't in that. That God has nothing to do with it. And people need to get rid of the thinking that, that God uses sickness or pain or calamity, grief, to teach us something. He teaches by His Word, not by suffering. Um, and, and the people who heard of Jesus and, uh, and were healed obviously heard something good. They heard right. And, and it's more than just hearing it. They believed it. There's a big difference. You might even in your head think, yeah, that's true. I, but you believe it. You act on it. You, you take it into your heart. Um, last time we, I was teaching, we talked about the faith of Abraham and we mentioned Romans chapter four. And I want to look at it again with verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed so that, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. According to, you might say, according to the word of God. According to what was spoken. And that's what enabled him at, at 99 years old, he and Sarah at 90, to be able to produce a child that was a child of the covenant. Um, we're talking about honoring the word. The word of God needs to be received and honored and treated with respect. Verse, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. So not just hear it, receive it. Hear and receive. And then go down to verse 20. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Take that. That's, that's something you can meditate on, keep before your eyes. Uh, his word is life. Amen. The emphasis here is on honoring his words. In other words, pay attention to, to my words. Keep them uh, lean in so you can hear. Don't let them away from, from being able to see him. Keep thinking about the, his word. And uh, this is about something that you need to consider to be very valuable. The word is valuable. Uh, it needs to be important to you. you. You pay attention to it. You don't want to miss one little part of it. Uh, this is this is treasuring or, or highly valuing the Word of God. The sad thing is most people don't think it's important enough to to focus on any part of the Word of God. But how you see, how you receive the Word, 
determines what you receive from it. I'll say that again. How you see, how you receive the Word of God determines what you receive from it. If you don't think it's important, you don't receive much from it. If you think it's, if you value it some, you receive some. And if you value it uh, highly, you receive a lot. You receive much. And if you receive it as the most important thing in your life, that will, that will completely transform your life. Um, Psalm 119. Now, Psalm 119 has 176 verses. We're not going to read the whole thing, but the whole psalm is about the, the respect and honor of the Word of God and uh, the love for the Word of God. And it would be a good assignment just to, to read it and read it for yourself, not for someone else. Amen? Not like you're quoting someone else's word. Put your, put your as, as Marta personalized the scripture that she read this morning, you can personalize this for yourself. But uh, let's just look at a few verses here in, uh, in Psalm 119, verse 127. Therefore, I love your commandments, or love your word, more than gold, yes, than fine gold. Verse 128, Therefore, all your precepts, the word, concerning all things, I consider to be right. I hate every false way. When, Whenever there's a question, he is always right. Amen. I, I remember John Osteen years ago when he was still here with us on the earth, he he was made this big thing about how, how the the greatest thing he had ever learned in all of his years of ministry, and he went on, and people were just on the edge of their chair. Okay, give it to us, give it. To us. And the thing that he learned was that God is smarter than I am, right. and it's it's the truth, Amen. But but he's always right. His word is is the final authority about everything, not not some man's ideas. There's too many of those floating around right now. But the inspired word of God. Let's look at the next verse, 129. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. What is the soul? Your mind, will, and emotions should be guided by the word. Verse 130, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Boy, do I need understanding, because I, I've been simple, and, and I'll tell you, the Word of God has changed my life. In fact, if I, if I look at Marta and I, and, and over the years, uh, where we were 40 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, the thing that has caused us to be where we are today, and any success that we had in the mission field and any anything that we're living in right now is because we honored the word. And and we, you know, when we were first married, we would have our Bible school of one hour of four different teachers. Fifteen minutes of Marilyn Hickey, fifteen minutes of Charles Capps, fifteen minutes of Kenneth Copeland, and fifteen minutes of Kenneth Hagin. And... It was only 15 minutes, but we were faithful to be there. And I mean, it was, it was one of the most important things we would do in any day. And, and taking, taking that in, because I had, you know, I, 
as many of you know, I grew up as a as a Mormon in a cult, and uh, we didn't spend a lot of time in the Bible because the Bible we were told was only true as far as it was translated correctly. So how can you trust something if you don't know if it's translated correctly? But so we we were there, and then one day I went out to dump our trash. This is a real glamorous story. But uh, I was dumping the trash one day. We lived, we were um, assistant youth pastors at, at a church. I won't mention the denomination. But we were, we were there in the state of Washington and went out to dump the trash. And in the trash, someone had thrown away a box of teaching tapes. A big box, mostly of Brother Copeland. I became a dumpster diver, and I, I got him out, and we started listening to those. And and we're still living a lot on, on the revelation that we got from those tapes all those years ago. Now, it's sad that someone would not respect them, not value them enough to just dump them. We found out that the pastor didn't really care for Brother Copeland all that much. But, uh, we were blessed by it. And, and I'll tell you that's, um, when, when we think about why we've been blessed so much, I believe is because we value the Word of God. And, and really, our life, your life, and your eternity depends on, on how you handle, on how you respond to the Word of God. The Great Commission says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, Mark 16, 15. Uh, in fact, he said, uh, let's look at it. Mark 16:15 says, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, why is that important? Because the greatest need we have is not physical. You know, we, we go into the world and, and a lot of people take Things and and we have done that to a point till we realize you know this isn't what they need. They don't need more clothes and more. Even though they're in deep poverty, what they need is the word of God. And and uh, you know they'll they'll be whatever you want them to be as long as you're giving them something. But it's the word of God that brings the change. And so there's two different outcomes: believing and being saved, and and not believing and being condemned. And it all is a matter of whether you accept or reject the Word of God. And, uh, you know, this is not just about salvation, because a lot of Christians uh, reject the Word of God about faith and about healing or, or about provision, about tithing, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. Those are things that, that seem to be controversial in some areas, but... Uh, they're part of the word. But those who receive and value his word, you can see clear improvement in their lives. And we see that among the people that we worked with in Eastern Europe, uh, people who, who have lived in the most uh, un, unimaginable poverty, people who live in, in houses that you wouldn't let your animals live in. But those who have caught the word, then their life is changing. 
their their circumstances are changing. And and it seems like you would see that and, and then everybody would jump to that, but but for some reason their eyes are blinded and until their eyes are opened, uh they're they're not gonna change. They need to get the word in them, and that's why we uh we we say that it's so important for every one of us to get the word in our heart every day. Get the word in you. Uh, not just to put in the time and say, well, I, I read it. And uh, I remember when our, our kids were young, we'd sit around the table. They we, we had to do some Bible reading in the morning before they got on the bus to go to school. And sometimes they'd be just, you know, almost asleep. But those things are still paying off today because the seeds were planted, even though they may not have realized it at the time. But uh, the word is life. The word is life. It's it's healing. It's it's wisdom. It's everything I need to be successful in life. And as and as I read the word, I read it in faith. You can read it and expect the direction of your life to be led by by God. Expect the wisdom for your life. Read it in in faith. Read it with expectation. Um, Mark chapter four. I teach that probably more than anything. Mark chapter 4, and I'm not going to teach the whole thing. But in verse 23 is one of the places where Jesus says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Not, not, you know, just because the sounds went into a person's head doesn't mean they actually heard what was said. And verse 24, Jesus said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And and as I read this, I, I see again why our life has been blessed. Because it says, you who hear, more will be given. You know, there were other people who heard those tapes who heard those messages on the radio, not not all of them made the connection to it that to build their life on it, to really take it in and say, This this is who I want to be. This is this word is for me and I'm going to grow with it. Um, it's just ears to hear is all about your heart. The, to have a hungry heart to to want more of what God has for us. A heart that, that values treasures the word of God. And uh, when he, he talks about the measure that you use, he's talking about the measure of, of reverence and uh, the value that you give to the word. Then over in Luke chapter 8, it's still talking, it's, it's the same story about the sower. And verse 18 in Luke, it says, therefore take heed how you hear. So we've got to take heed what you hear Take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. You know, we're not, we're not waiting on God to decide to give us more. He left that up to us to decide how much we want. It depends on what we think of him, how important he is to me, to you, and, and how much we treasure it. And those who treasure it much will be given more. 
how you hear determines what you get back. First um, Thessalonians chapter 2 and beginning in verse uh, 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Um, and then over over in Matthew, it, it, I'll just paraphrase most of this for the sake of time, but in Matthew chapter uh, 13, Jesus is teaching in his hometown. It says he went to his own place. And the people were saying, well, where did, the, where did this guy learn all this? Isn't, isn't that Mary and Joseph's kid? You know, that, that carpenter's son, you know? And, and it says, uh, it says in verse 57, they were offended by him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. Verse 58 says, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. Uh, all they could see was uh, Joseph and Mary's boy, that, that carpenter's kid. You know, what, what does he know? He's, he's just one of us. He's not no better than us. Who does he think he is? So they didn't think anything he had to say was was important enough to pay, pay attention to. But if we value God, we value his word. Amen. And if we value his word, we we value the carrier of his word. Now I'm just I'm not building myself up in this just because I'm preaching the word right now. It can be those tapes. It could be anyone who's delivering the word because a lot of times we we examine the uh, we examine the messenger more than we do the message. Why is he Why has he got his hair like that? Doesn't he know that bullets went out years ago? You know, or just you know criticizing things that uh, that they see and and miss the message. Um, so it's not about bowing down to whoever delivers a message. It's about making much of God. You know, examine the package. Don't examine the delivery person. Okay, um, you know, years ago we were we were having a a conference kind of in in a town in Romania, and we had a, an evangelist with us, Vern Norton, big losing guy, uh, bald head, had lost an eye, had a patch over his eye, he just needed the parrot on his shoulder, you know, but he was uh, he was gruff. I mean, his favorite thing is it's about love, isn't it? But he had the word of God. And and in this particular meeting, the anointing on him, I don't know that I've ever been in a setting where someone was so anointed with the word of God. And he was he was starting to, to speak forth from the spirit to the people. And some of the people started to giggle and carry on and poke each other and laugh. And and the, and the spirit left. The anointing lifted, and and as soon as it did, he recognized it's gone, and he had to sit down. Just they they did not maybe they didn't mean to, but they disrespected the messenger, 
and missed the message that was there for them. And it was it was powerful. Um, Every one of us, our entire eternity depends on how we respond to the word. There's is there anything more important in the world than than how we respond to his word? Because there's so much going on in in the world uh, with with the news, with your favorite program, with your favorite whatever, that all in many cases tries to crowd out what God has to say to us. Now I'm not saying that we go home every every time and and just don't do anything but Christian TV and and uh, read and pray all day long. No, I. I like sports. I watch sports. We watch HGTV probably more than we should. But uh, but the main thing, the word has to be first place. And and it's the first thing in the morning. It's the last thing at night. And and during the day, the the word has got to be important enough to you. Um, in uh, in Romans ten, verse thirteen says. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him who have they, whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. The word is glad tidings. It's good things. It's for you. It's not to it's not to hurt you, it's to help you. And and why would it say this? If if the messenger is not who or what I think they should be, then it makes the message not important. And uh, and that's really missing it big time. The one who spoke the word and sent the message the Word of God, that means you're not taking that as important. Verse uh, 16 says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. There's so much more to that than we, and we quote it all the time, but hearing. Hearing is not just hearing when it comes to the things of God. It's hearing, bringing it in, and and meditating on it, making it part of who we are. It is more important than most people believe, and it's it's really easy to take people for granted, especially the ones that we should love most. We do love most uh, the ones that we see all the time: our our wives, our husbands, family, kids, uh, fellowship at, at church. Uh, it's important that we respect that and 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 honor them, and uh, you know just because the the people in Jesus' hometown didn't see miracles because they were looking at something that was too familiar, and they didn't respect that, and uh, you know they they. He didn't, couldn't do miracles there because they made judgments about the messenger and missed the message. We had a, a lady 
living with us uh, for a time. Her name was Maria. Uh, Maria was a little off-center. She would say some strange things sometimes. But sometimes she'd be under the anointing and she would nail the, the prophetic word of God to, you're wondering, is this the same person? It was, so if you just looked at her, well, that's just Maria, and, and dismissed anything she said, uh, cause she said a lot of things that were just not right, but she said a lot of things that were absolutely the word of God and hearing from heaven, and, uh, and it would pierce your heart if you, if you understood that this is God. This is, this is not just Maria talking here. So, uh, We need to be people who, whenever the Word of God is being taught, the Word of God is being spoken, and uh, and things of God are happening, like they were with that meeting with with in in Romania, things of God were happening. Um, we need to be all there. We we can't be scattered. We need to be focused and and zero in on what God has for us. Um, it needs to be like there's there's nothing more important for my mind to take in right now, uh, and and if you can get a bunch of people together like that, that are focused on and hearing and receiving and believing and acting on the word of God, uh, that's when you start to see a move of God. Amen. You can't separate. The love and respect for God from reverence and respect for His Word. Because God and His Word are one. Amen. You can't separate, uh, His Word from the gifts. What well, Pastor David and Scarlett, even, even us, when we're preaching the Word of God, uh, don't look at the, the messenger. Hear the message. Hear it with your heart. Because the Word can forever change your life if you you give it the the honor and the place it belongs in your life. Amen. I want to pray for the online audience and and uh, before we let them go, Father, I thank you for all those who have tuned in to to listen to this on live stream. Father, thank you for impressing upon all us the importance of getting your word planted in our heart and your word being the, the guiding force of our life. Father, if there's anyone there that, that needs uh, healing, Lord, touch their life now. Help them to get in contact with a, a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. And Father, we thank you for blessings to be upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.